Welcome to the Pastor Nora King Podcast. We're confident that the message you're about to hear will enhance and empower your life in God. Now, here's Pastor Nora. But I want to tell you tonight that faith, the faith of God and faith in God will bring victory to your life and to my life. I don't know about you, but more today than ever before, I need His victory in my life. But thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph. How? In Christ Jesus. If we're in the Lord, there is victory every time for us. Now, we all have opportunities to fail. Did you know that? We all have opportunities to fail, but we don't choose the failure. We choose to believe. We choose to put our faith in God and faith every time will always cause you to triumph or have victory. And you know, 1 John 5 talks about it. And it says, this is the victory that overcomes what? The world and the world's system and the world's way of doing things. The world can do things and they have a system to operate. But God said, you are not in that system. And you're not to operate and function according to the way that the world does. Faith is the victory that overcomes the world. Faith is the victory that overcomes. Now, let me tell you this. Faith is the victory that overcomes sickness. Faith is the victory that overcomes poverty. Faith is the victory that overcomes failure. Faith is the victory that overcomes defeat. Faith is the victory that will cause you to be able to rise up in your despair and discouragement and go on your way again. When others are operating in the world and by the world and they might be popping the pills and doing whatever. Now, I'm not against medicine and if you need to take it, then do it. Try to, you know, try to get better. But I'm going to tell you, if you're only trying to overcome by the way that the world says that you can overcome, you're not operating in the flow of the kingdom. He says, I give you the keys of the kingdom. You've got a key tonight. A key that you have is called faith. And you can put it in the door and you can unlock the door and you can go through to victory and you can go through to whatever it is that God has for you. You don't have to stay on this side of it where there's failure and defeat on every side of you. This is the victory that overcomes. Do you need to overcome some things in your life? Do you have some habits that you need to overcome that it's going to take faith to get you through that? Well, I tried this and I've gone to that and I've done this. Well, have you believed God? That's what faith is, believing God. I'm going to tell you, you know, there's two ways to have unbelief. Did you know that? Two ways that you can get in unbelief. You can be in unbelief because you're ignorant of what God has promised because he said his word is exceeding great and precious promises and you can be ignorant to that and you can be in unbelief. Or you can be like the children of Israel and you can be in unbelief because you choose not to believe what God has said. 
And the Bible said that they entered not into the promised land. Why? Somebody tell me. Because of their unbelief. And you know what? We can look in the Word and we can see all those exceeding great and precious promises. We can see every one of them there. But if we choose not to act upon it, that so be it. It is not God's choice for us. It is our own choice. It is our own choice. The Word did not profit them. Why? Because it was not mixed with faith. I can stand here tonight and Eddie can stand here on Sunday morning and we can preach faith and we can uh, just allow the Holy Spirit to bring the truths forth to God's people. And you know what? It can be just like you have a repellent. You know, you put the repellent on yourself for mosquitoes and things like that and they come zooming in and what happens? They're going to bounce off. Well, the Word of God wants to penetrate. Penetrate your heart. Penetrate your mind. But it's up to us because the Bible said that their faith, uh, the Word did not profit them because it wasn't mixed with faith. Now, we were talking about the children of Israel a minute ago. Let's go back and talk about that. Do you know the Bible said that they had been given the promised land for an inheritance? Isn't that true? He said, it's yours. All you have to do is go out and possess it. Well, I'm going to tell you something tonight. It's no different in the New Testament than it is in the Old. God has said in Him, you have all the exceeding great and precious promises that are given in Him. He said, I've given it to you. You have an inheritance. I signed the will. It's yours. You have an inheritance, but you have to go and possess it. He told the children of Israel, go in and possess it. And so we've got promises We've got an inheritance. We've got a blessing, if you will. We've got all these things, and it is up to us to walk in and possess it. Well, just like the children of Israel, were there obstacles that stood in the way? Yeah, there were giants in the land. There were giants that were there. But Joshua and Caleb chose to mix faith with the word which God gave them. And say, let's go up at once and possess it. It's ours. I hope that you are so stirred in your heart tonight the way that I am. Because I am telling you, God is doing a new thing. He's doing a new thing in this day. He's stirring the hearts of His people. And He's saying, rise up in the midst of the ashes. Rise up in the midst of the fire. And you go in and you possess and you take what belongs to you. I tell you what, there's been many times as I look back in my life that I know that God has told me uh, what could be mine and what He wanted for me and how He wanted things to be. But you know what? I chose to look at the natural. I chose to look at the world system. I chose to look at circumstances and because of that, I could not possess it. Believe that you receive when you pray and you'll have it. Do you know what receive means? Take it. Believe that when you pray that you take it 
and it's yours. How many of us are laying down when it comes to what God has said that can be ours? We're laying down and God said, rise up and go possess it. The devil is there. But God has given us an ability to overcome the powers of darkness. He's brought them to naught. In one translation I like, it says that he paralyzed the devil. When did he paralyze him? At the cross. When he shed his blood. When he took stripes upon his back. When he had the crown of thorns put upon his head. He paralyzed the devil. And he shed his blood. And he was put in that tomb. And he rose up the third day. And he said, death, hell, where is your victory now? Where is your victory? You know, when we die, that's not defeat. That's victory because we're going to heaven. Get out of this mess. But he paralyzed the devil. There was a debt that was against us. We couldn't pay the debt. We couldn't pay this huge debt that was against us. And Jesus said, I'll pay the debt. I'll go to the cross. I'll be the sacrificial lamb. I'll shed my blood. I'll go into hell and defeat the devil himself. And I will rise again. And when I rise, I'll be raised in resurrection power in the glory of God. And that resurrection power, I'm telling you, is available to God's children today. Resurrection power. You know, some things need to be resurrected in our life. Some of those dreams and hopes and plans, you know, that God placed. I'm not talking about, you know, that you dreamed up, but I'm talking about that God put in your heart. Some things you want to do, some things you want to accomplish, but you know, you've gotten off track. I want to tell you tonight, there's resurrection power to raise up. To raise up those things that look like they're dead. God wants to do that for you. He wants to do it for you. But now I'm going to tell you something. I told you this is, I'm going here, there, and everywhere, but it's just the way it is. There are two hindrances. And see, God spoke to me as I was getting ready tonight. There are two hindrances that keep our faith from being operational, keeping it from being active and working in our lives. Now, there's more than two, but these are the two that he laid upon my heart tonight. And one of them is when we walk out of love. When we're not walking in love, it's a hindrance to the faith that God wants to be working, active, and energizing your life. Faith works by what? Let's say it together. Faith works by love. Now, I'm going to tell you, the, the faith that works by love is the God kind of faith. 
And the love, you can look at it really two ways. Faith works by love because you love God. And faith works by love because you love one another or you love other people. Now, I'm going to tell you, if we get to the place to where, you know, we think that that really, uh, you know, it's really not talking about us, that really doesn't apply to me because I'm a man or woman of faith and power. Well, you know what God says? Your faith won't work if you're not walking in the love of God. If you treat people badly, if you don't have compassion for people, if you don't have patience or the time of day for other people, well, I do for my family now. Well, I do for those that are just closest around me, but what about the people that are not so lovely? What about the people that are the down and outers? What about the people on your job that you don't like? What about the people here, there, and everywhere? It doesn't matter who it is, folks. Faith works by love, and you get out of love, and you get out of faith. Well, I'm believing God. It doesn't matter. Your faith won't work. You see, faith works. Faith is active. Faith is powerful. Faith will move mountains. One, one scripture says this, examine yourself to see if you are in the faith. Examine yourself. Oh, well, you know, I'm going to go over here to Cherie and I'm going to you know, let's see, Sheree, are you in faith? No, he didn't say go and help somebody examine their self. He said, examine yourself. One of the, the ways to measure and examine yourself is, are you a person who loves other people? And when you get out of love, the love walk with other people, do you repent and do you get that straight? Because I'm going to tell you, if you don't, you don't have to wonder and you don't have to go very far to find out why things are not happening in your life. Because we are to imitate God. And God is love. And so we should be love. We should be the ones who love. Well, I just don't have patience for them. They just get on my nerves. Well, you know, if we have the love of God in us, we'll start seeing people differently. We'll start seeing them differently. I was in a situation not too long ago, and, um, and there was someone in the picture that, uh, that really had done some things uh, against me, against, you know, ministry here and everything. But you know what? I decided that I'm walking in the love of God. I don't care what anybody, I don't care what they did. I don't care what they said. I don't care what they think about me. I'm going to walk in the love of God. Is that easy? No, it isn't. But you know what it is? It is a choice. I choose to love people. And I know if I don't, that it will hinder what God wants to accomplish in my life and through my life. Now, you know, I'm not just talking about what, you know, what you can get for yourself. You know, the money, houses, cars, all that. But it will affect that. But there's a lot more to life than that, folks. You know, when, when that's all you believe for. Now, listen, I hope I don't hurt your feelings here. But if that's all you believe for, that's immature. 
Now, should we believe for it? Of course we should. We should believe for the material things that we need. Ask and you'll find it. Seek and you'll find. Ask and, you know, God will do it for you. He'll open the door for you. He'll make a way for you. So, but if that is, you know, the sum total of your life and all that you're asking and believing God for, then that's immaturity. And we need to go on, you know, in in maturity, in our faith, and believe God. Believe God for what? So, how about that, what He wants you to accomplish before you go to heaven to be done? What about using you tomorrow to be the salt and light in the earth or to show the love of Jesus to someone or be hope uh, or be strength for someone else or for your church, you know, that we will fulfill God's vision. There's so many things that God wants to do, but, but it takes faith to do it. And if you get out of love... If you're not walking your life, living your life in love, it will hinder you and your relationship with God and hinder you from receiving from the Lord. And that is for sure. Faith works by love. And then another hindrance to faith working is unforgiveness. Well, now she's gone to meddling. You know what? If God stopped me tonight and I have an outline right here and began to share these things with me, don't you think that we need to hear it? I think we do. I think we do. And unforgiveness will stop your faith from working. Let's turn over here. Um, Let me see. I think it's in John. I want to look in John. It might take me just a minute. Now listen to this. John 20, verse number 22. And when he had said this, this is talking about Jesus. He breathed on them and said unto them, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Now what a statement. Receive the Holy Ghost. Now you know, I believe that's what God's saying to some people tonight. Receive the Holy Ghost, colon, Now listen to this. Whosoever sins you remit or forgive, they are forgiven unto them. And whosoever sins you retain or hold against them, they are retained. Now who are they retained to? They're retained to you. If you won't let things go, God says they're going to hold on to you and it's going to eat at you and it's going to cause you to get bitter And your faith couldn't work at all. But he said, receive the Holy Ghost and forgive people. So I'd say tonight, be healed and forgive. First, forgive. Receive the blessing and prosperity of God, but first, forgive. Receive peace of mind, but first forgive. 
See, we're, we're, we're say, saying, really, God, I don't know why you're not doing this for me. I don't know why you're not coming through here because I'm doing it. I believe your word. Well, you believe one part of the word. But the other part of it says, if someone has sinned against you, when you stand praying, you forgive so your heavenly Father, which is in heaven, may forgive you. In other words, it's being held against you until you release it. Who's holding it? You're holding it. You're the one that is holding that thing there where it cannot be released until you say, I forgive. You know, in one part of the Bible, it says, in the person of Jesus Christ, I forgive. Forgive in the person of Jesus Christ. And you know, there are times, and this is the truth, where it is so hard to forgive that I'll have to go back again. God, forgive me. I saw him again today. I said this to him again. I feel this way toward him. But I forgive them through Jesus Christ because you forgave me, now I forgive them in the same way. I extend the mercy and grace that you gave me, I extend it to them. In the person of Jesus Christ. And so many times, and, and you know, one of the disciples said, well, Lord, how many times do we forgive? Uh, uh, you know, and, and seven times 70? 490 times a day. Can you can imagine that? Whatever it takes, in other words, is what he's saying. How many times it takes to forgive, you do that. But when you stand praying, if those thoughts, those feelings, those emotions begin to rise up, forgive. How do you forgive? To forgive and and extend forgiveness or love is not an emotion. And if you think it is, then you'll never be able to forgive and you'll never be able to love most likely because you don't feel like it sometimes. You feel anything but that. You want to retaliate. You, you know, they said some ugly things to you. Now you want to spew and you want to say it back. Isn't that right? That's our humanness. But folks, I want to tell you the Bible says walk in the Spirit. And you won't fulfill the lusts of your flesh. Walking in the Spirit. What is a walk in the Spirit? A walk in the Spirit is a walk after the Word of God. It's a walk after what Jesus has instructed us. That's a walk in the Spirit. Well, I thought a walk in the Spirit was being led by the Spirit. It is. And God's leading you to forgive. And He's leading me to forgive. He's uh, leading you to love. And He's... Leading me to love. Well, but I thought it was just this, you know, cloud being led by the Holy Spirit. See, that's where, you know, I love the sensational because there there are moves of God like that. I love it. I absolutely love it. But that's not the only way that God can speak. He can speak, you know, a still small voice. Or he can speak with a booming voice. He can speak however he wants. He can uh, do miracles however he wants. And it might be a sensational one. Or the miracle may be that nobody even knows that it happens. Except the person receiving it. Until they begin to share. You know? But God wants us to be people who forgive and who walk in the love of Jesus. Can you say amen? Amen. 
All right, let's see. I want us to turn somewhere. Let me see where it is. I want us to look in Hebrews tonight. I told you I don't, I'm, this is all <laughs> just off the cuff. Hebrews, and I think it's chapter 4. Let's turn there. I want to talk just a little bit more about unbelief. Because, see, people can be Christians and still not believe. Now, every believer has the ability to believe because... You know, when you get born again, when you hear the gospel message, because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, and you hear the gospel message, and when you hear the gospel message, there is faith that comes to you. And if you accept the Lord and you receive it, you get what the Bible calls a measure of faith. Everybody has a measure. That belongs to the Lord. Not any of us got more than others. At that time, we got a measure of faith given to us. Now, it's up to us from that time on what happens with our faith. Your faith can grow. The Bible says it can grow exceedingly in usability. Or it can lie dormant and never produce, and never reach out to possess or receive what God has for us. But now listen to this. Uh, let's look at 3.19 first, Hebrews 3.19. So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. They couldn't enter into the promised land because they had unbelief in their hearts. Now listen to this. The Amplified says, because of their unwillingness to adhere to and trust in and rely on God, unbelief had shut them out. Unbelief shuts you out. What does it shut you out on? Unbelief shuts you out on the promises of God, the promised land that God has for you, the inheritance that God has for you, what He wants you to possess, you are shut out and you cannot get in. But the key of faith will open the door. See, the door gets shut and faith will blow it open. Let us therefore, for one... Let us therefore fear, lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. In other words, take it to heart and see what unbelief will do for you. But understand then what faith will do also. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. Now, I want you to look at that. The word did not profit or bring advantage or benefit or make things better. 
See, that's what the Word of God does. It will benefit you, it will make things better, and it will give you an advantage. But you have to have the Word of God and believe what it says. Listen, we're, we're preaching right now on faith, divinely inspired by the Word of God. But you know, every week we can have people come in here and when the Word of God is preached, and when I've heard that before, I've heard all of that, and it's not mixed with faith, and it will not bring an advantage, it will not bring a benefit, it will not bring a blessing into anyone's life who stands that way. I remember when I first started hearing about how powerful the Word of God was and who I was in Christ Jesus and the promises, the inheritance that God had given me. And I can, I can just remember it and just shaking my head and saying, if this is true, what in the world have I been believing? Nothing much. I did believe that Jesus Christ was the Son of God, but that was about it. But when I begin to see what the Word of God says and I began to mix faith with it and believe that it was for me, it began to benefit my life. And not only does it benefit my life, but it benefits the people that I'm around, that I come in contact with, that I talk to. That faith will bring a benefit or an advantage to me and other people. But you see, if you're in unbelief, and the Word of God is preached. It doesn't matter. I, you know, I've been in places and I've heard men and women, I mean, preach. And the anointing of God was so strong, it was like you could cut it with a knife. You know what I'm talking about? And I can see people with that just that blank look or that, you know, falling asleep. Or, you know, I, I, and, you know, it's the truth. It's the truth. And that's that unbelief, that's that hard heart of unbelief that stops the Word of God from penetrating a heart and bringing advantage and benefit and blessing into the heart of God's people. And you can, you can be a Christian, but you can be a person that's so defeated and so lacking, and until you make a decision, I'm not going to continue to be this way anymore. The Word of God says it. I believe it. And now I'm going to speak it. Put it in my mouth and say it. See, that's another thing, and I don't have time to get in that. But, but we need to believe the Word of God, and then we need to say the Word of God over ourselves. You know, the Bible has something to say about the righteous. And the Bible says that with the righteous, God encircles them about with favor as a shield. Well, you know, nothing ever happens good for me, you know. Everything negative. You know, nothing positive. No, there's not anything good that's happened to me. I can't even think when the last time anything good happened to me. Well, you know what? I might have opportunities that come to me to cause it to be that way. But you know what I do? I pass over those opportunities 
And I believe the word of God that says that he encompasses me about or encircles me about with favor as a shield. I've got a shield about me and it's favor. And everywhere I go and everything I do, that favor is there working on my behalf. And it's there like a shield. And the devil tries to penetrate. He can't get through it because it's the favor of God. And see, we need to put that in our mouth. When the devil starts talking to you, he he roams about as a roaring lion, seeking those he can devour. That means that he's looking for the people that will allow him to destroy and kill in their life. He's looking for the people who will say yes to him. But you know what we need to do? We need to say no. No. It's just like Paul said. They may knock me down, but they cannot knock me out. I get knocked down. You get knocked down. But we will not be knocked out. And as long as you think the devil is stronger than God, you're going to live in defeat. I do not believe that the devil is stronger than God. I do not believe that. I believe that God is greater than any power. And I believe that He is in me. And I believe that He is the hope of glory. Greater is the one that's in me than he that is in the world. He's in you tonight. He's in you to drive away the lies of the devil. He's in you to drive out sickness and disease. He's in you to drive out torment, suicidal thoughts. Whatever it is, he's in there to drive it out. Greater is he that's in you. Than the one that's in the world. See, the devil's in the world. He's the God of this world, the Bible says. And he blinds the minds of people. Don't let him blind your mind as a Christian. The devil spoke to Jesus and he said, All these things are mine. I have them in my hand. And I can give them to whoever I will. You know, the devil can release things into people's lives. Yeah, but all it is is just bait. It's bait to get you where he wants you, then it's steal, kill, and to destroy. But if God, if you will allow God, if you will listen to him, if you will open your heart. See, submit yourselves to God and resist the devil. See, some people are trying to resist the devil. But until you submit to God... How do you submit to God? To His Word. Until you submit to Him, you're not going to be successful in resisting. And see, some people, I bind you, devil, I bind you, devil. And they're out here and they don't love anybody and they're mad at everybody and in forgiveness and wonder why it doesn't work. Well, I think we've talked a little bit about that tonight, don't you? But I want to tell you, it is your faith in God and the faith of God that's going to move mountains that's going to do what you need in your life to happen. 
It's not going to be fate or luck or any of those things. It's going to be the Word mixed with faith, and it will bring an advantage and benefit into your life and my life. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message from Pastor Nora King. If you'd like to contact us, you can visit us online at redemptionchurch.com. We'll see you back here next week for another powerful message from Pastor Nora. Pastor Nora.